Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, guests. Um, this is Nicole Flamer, and this is You Want to Know. I'm in a little early because since I'm having a guest, um, come in. I just wanted to get set up a little early and make sure that um, everything was working. So it seems to be working, and I'm officially going to start the call at noon, so I'm going to send out some messages um, and make sure that everything is on point. So um, thank you for joining me. You ought to know, but I'll be repeating that in the next couple of minutes. So it's been a while since I've had a show on for a bit, but um, we're back in action and we got some good information today. So I don't want to officially get started until my guest comes on. Um, I guess I could set it up. I mean, just in case people happen to come in. So, um, so you want to know? This is a show um, dealing with uh, caregivers, parents of uh, people with autism, special needs kind of a show to um, explore some of the issues, the underlying issues with, you know, family and financials and stress and everything that comes up that deals with um, autism. So I have three children who are on the autism spectrum, who I love very much, range, age range from uh, 13, uh, 18 to uh, 11. and um, we definitely had our financial ups and downs in the past. <laughs> um, money is always one of those things that just doesn't seem to be enough of sometimes. And um, sometimes it is not always easy to have a traditional nine-to-five job because, um, well, for one, I mean, you've got services. I mean, just to paint a picture, um, when your child is young, maybe early, you know, two, three, four, or five years old, they're in specialized early intervention programs. Those programs don't necessarily cover the whole work day. So now you're looking at finding care after school. You're looking for three or four hours, and you have to find something cost-effective. If you take into another element of being a single parent or one-parent household, um, you don't necessarily have another person that you can rely on to help with that. So, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. So, what ends up happening is you have to, you got to, you know, kind of beg, borrow, and steal, find friends and family, neighbors to help. But if you have a child who has some significant behavioral, mental, um, even physical challenges, that becomes difficult too because. You know, that neighbor, friend, family member may not necessarily be uh, trained to deal with um, the challenges 
that come along with your with your loved one. So so there's all kinds of issues. So sometimes the traditional nine to five does not work. And you have to find alternative sources and alternative means of financially supporting yourself and your family. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on You Ought to Know. And I have a special guest, a person I've known for a long time, uh, who has been managed to be able to create a financial situation for herself that doesn't rely on going into a job. And uh, <laughs> um, so um, she's going to share what she's done to set up her financial foundation. And we're going to talk a little bit because I also did not work a traditional job. Um, hence, at 12 noon, I'm on the uh, podcast with you guys. So, um, you know, I have some things that I've done in my uh, in my uh, life to be able to help out financially um, and meet those goals that don't get met. So, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, and share some information and come up with some real-life solutions that you can use today when you get off of this call or when you get done listening to this program, real-life situations that you can implement today that pretty much anybody from any background, any educational level, uh, really, even if you have no money, you can do some of these things. And there's not many things, not many businesses, not many uh, things that you can start that require no money or very little bit of money. And see, the other thing, too, to realize, not to get all up in your personal wallets and stuff, is that we, in many cases, do have money at our disposal. Are you on? Okay. <laughs> uh, we do have money at our disposal. The problem comes is that sometimes we don't realize how much money we actually have. And, you know, there are some things that you can do just to get yourself started, um, just to get that that income rolling in. So that's what we're going to talk about. I don't want to give it all away early. And plus, I want my guest to um, explain how she's been able to do it, and then we can discuss some other things. And I'm taking calls today. If there's people listening live, you can call into the show. It's just a matter of dialing in at one seven two four 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 seven four four four, and then you enter the call ID, which is one three two nine two four, and then a pound sign, and you can participate and ask my guest my guest questions as well. Once we get to that portion, we're doing thirty minutes today because, like I said, these things get long winded, but um, you know we can always have her come back and do a second part and a third part and a fourth part if if we get talking and we run out of time. So anyway, I think we can go over. So Tiffany, are you there? Hello? Let me see if I can if I pull you in this way. Tiffany on the call? Let's see. Oh, you know what? I have it muted. So. <laughs> yep, see, that's why you come in early, right? Okay, so if I can hear you, say something. <gasps> How cute. <laughs> <laughs> it just told me I was unmuted. Here I am okay. talking the whole time. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't hear you, and I'm like, I can't hear her now. So, okay, so I just, um, 
in the introductions and set up what we're going to talk about today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to you because I've already kind of went into about setting up your financial future, and I have really good questions for you. But I kind of want you to just share initially your back, who you are, your background, and how you got started, well, what you do, because I didn't, I didn't give up the secret of what you did. So, okay. So, so, <laughs> so how, what's your background, and what do you do, and how did you get started? Okay. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on the show today. Uh, this oh, is, no problem. I, I appreciate uh, giving, uh, giving a chance to let other people understand that they don't always have to rely on someone else to take care of them. Um, one of the biggest things that I like to push is government independence. Mm, <laughs> and <definitely>. what, I, <laughs> what I mean by that is sometimes we get dependent um, as, as a parent that has gone through the process with a special needs child. Um, sometimes you get dependent on what the government will and will not do for you. And mm-hmm. you sometimes get pigeonholed with your income because, Every time you need help with assistance or help with something, it's always about what your income is. Mm-hmm. That's one of those boxes that you always have to check. And sometimes, and I can just say in my experience, I always felt like by having to check that box of needing help with government assistance, you don't always get the results that you're looking for or the results mm-hmm. that you w- would be looking for had you been the one paying versus the government. <laughs> and I, that's probably the nice that's probably the nicest way I can say it. <laughs> yeah. But the a little bit about my background. Uh I started out in the financial world. I I've been to college. I've gone I went I initially went to college actually to be a school teacher and my mom <laughs> took me to the side and said, School teachers don't make any money. You need to figure something else out if we're going to pay for college. (laughs) So I uh, switched and became pre-law. And between that time period of becoming pre-law, I uh, found myself pregnant, like most people do. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) that changed the direction of my life. (laughs) Um, However, being pre-law set me up so that I can join the financial world. I have always worked at some type of financial institution, whether it was being a teller, customer service, back office, uh, fraud department. I've been in probably every department that a financial institution has to offer. Okay. And I've seen that I did go to school with the pre-law background. Um, I was able to understand uh, the rules of a regulated industry. Um, the only issue with that is I don't work for myself. I work right. for somebody else. There are many things that I have put in place that I've worked on as well as implemented in financial institutions that they're still doing today, but I don't mm-hmm. get any credit for it, and I don't get any money for it. Right. <laughs> However, um, I would say it's probably been over... I would say close to seven years at this point that I decided to make a switch from working from us for other people and working for myself. 
Okay. Um, working for myself uh, is very beneficial uh, because I make my own schedule. And when you're dealing with issues of being a mother, a special needs parent, not every job understands the amount of time that you need to take off to be a parent. <laughs> and right. I don't have to ask anybody, can I take off this time? Or I just got a phone call. I'm going to need to handle something very quickly. They don't, those are things that an employer just doesn't understand. Right. So I decided that if I make my own hours, I can be available for my child. I can work around their schedule and still make a living. And just as a side note, regardless of your political affiliation, which I know we don't talk about on this show, but regardless <laughs> of your affiliation, owning a business can be very helpful to your income taxes. <laughs> and because there is a lot of laws that will let you uh, take the losses of your business and put that into your personal income tax. Um, provided that you set your business up correctly. And right. by doing that, it it can completely change the way that you are taxed. And I can't uh, express enough that getting having a business or, as some people like to even call it, a side hustle can really mm -hmm. help you financially if you're doing it right. right. Um, and when you're in a time crunch, Doing things on your own um, is so much easier than working for somebody else, in my opinion. Right. <laughs> um, but how do I got into doing what I presently do? Um, probably a couple of years ago, I was one of these crazy coupon ladies. <laughs> and I was going, going online, uh, getting a lot of newspapers, and really honing the craft of buying more for less. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was it's a great feeling when you can go to the supermarket, buy a, lo a cart or two full of items and pay maybe less than $50 because you did the work to, uh, to find the coupons, to find the deals. Now, I will right. tell you, it's not always easy, but it was fun to do. And what I was finding was that I was getting an overabundance of things that, yes, I may use it. However, I'm not using it at the volume that I'm purchasing it. So right. my first thing that I had to figure out was, okay, if I'm buying this for less and I know people want it, what, what can I do to, one, help my family as well as maybe help another family to do with the items that I bought. And that's how I found Amazon. Okay. Um, and, and that's where I was like, okay, I can maybe sell a few items that I buy cheaply and sell it on the website. Um, thinking I could just, I would probably be selling one to maybe five items a month is what I thought. And then Probably after a month and a half, I think my first month and a half, I did over 100 sales. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. when I said, oh, this is a real business. I need to start yeah. treating it like a business. And, 
that's how, how it all got started, was uh, looking at what I got from being a crazy coupon lady and what I and trying to sell it online. So now it's, it's turned from a hobby and as a budget need to something that brings an income for the family. So what, what do you think, after doing this for a while, are some of the skills that you might need in order to do, for someone listening, for them to kind of set themselves, what kind of skills do you think are, are key to possess to do this? Well, I would say one has to have an entrepreneurial spirit. And that doesn't mean that you have to be, uh, you know, like Donald Trump or somebody like that and have that type mm-hmm. of mentality, but have the uh, skill of knowing what you're good at and also having a skill of being thorough Um, because you do need to make sure that, you know, what you're buying and what you're putting online is the same thing. Um, You can do this particular um, job less than 10 to 15 hours a week. Okay. Um, For me, I don't consider it a job. It's just what I do. And right. that's that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, but as far as uh, being skilled, I would say if you have an entrepreneurial spirit, um, that was probably all that you really need. Hello, I lost you. Oh, oh, did you lose me? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, the last thing I heard was entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, okay, yes. If you have an entrepreneurial spirit, that's pretty much all that you need. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so without giving too much away, what, well, give me like a day in the life of of, of you, like Tiffany Tracy, day in the life, what's your day consist of with your business, your family, you know, how everything rolls? Okay. Well, for me, I only work, two and a half days a week. So okay. <laughs> the other two and a half days, I'm a mom full time. I have a, my youngest child is two years old. And as I'm sure you already understand, that means I have no time for myself when I have yeah. that child. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so for those days that I am mommy all day, 24 seven, I'm not doing anything with my business at all. Okay. Um, I am, very blessed and lucky that my business makes enough money that it allows for me to pay for a sitter for my child. So uh, I wake up at a normal time, probably about 7, 8 o'clock, get my child ready, drop my child off to to their sitter. And normally I would say I work approximately 9 a.m. in the morning to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing that I do is I'm always, I am always looking for new products, uh, products that I could introduce into my catalog on my Amazon, on my Amazon store, um, as well as also on my eBay store. So mm-hmm. that's, that's actually what I was doing before, <laughs> before we spoke. I okay. uh, happened to have a lot of things that I need to go over because I uh, attended a, uh, a trade show and I got to be introduced to a plethora of 
uh, manufacturers as well as different companies that offer products that I could resell. So I look to see what gives me a high a highest return as well as what I um, provide it with the information that Amazon gives. It, Amazon basically lets you know how well something sells. They don't hide that information from you. It's on the first page that you see. So you can just, just type in a product and take a look at the product, and you can quickly gather information to see if it's a good buy or not. Okay. And it's just, it's just as simple as that. Amazon doesn't hide information. You don't have to go searching for it. And you don't even have to really pay for that information. Of course, there's many services out there that, that do that for you um, if that's what you want to do. However, I don't pay for those things. Amazon puts that information right out in front of you. You just have to know how to distinguish it and make a decision from there. Okay. After I do that, I normally check on my inventory, check on my pricing. Um, with Amazon, because I use uh, their fulfillment by Amazon um, system, I don't have to send out packages to customers. I okay. send every but and that that's that's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's a big deal uh, because just this morning I just looked at my phone. I believe I have about three or four sales already. Yeah. Two of them happened while I was sleeping, so yeah. I don't have to do anything with those items. They're already in Amazon's warehouse. Amazon will handle the customer service. Amazon will handle the shipping of the item. And I'm just sitting here looking for more stuff to sell. Or okay. on, a, on a different day, just being a mom. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good, that's, I mean, if you're, okay. I'm thinking of it, because I, I mean, I do something similar. You know, I, I, I make money off of eBay. So it's nice to be able to have that freedom with your time. So how, what do you think, from your experience, your minimum investment of money might be to just get started? Maybe if somebody's thinking, maybe somebody's still working uh, or, and just looking to kind of create a foundation for themselves, so maybe they might want to switch to not work, or I don't want to say not work because it's not like you don't work, but not working outside of the house, so to speak. What do you think a minimum investment might be for that? I started Amazon with $50 going to the dollar store. $50. Fifty dollars. Almost everybody got $50. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I started Amazon, I, and, I, and I tell people that, and they don't believe me. They're like, how is it that Julian started with $50, and now you're getting a couple thousand dollars in, in Amazon money? Well, right. it's because I took my sales and I didn't do anything with them, and I just reinvested the money. Um, right. But yes, I started Amazon with fifty dollars because I had. I'm a person. I don't listen to what everyone has to say. I have to do it myself. Right. So I needed to go. I needed to have my process to see if this will work out. And right. I was willing to make a $50 investment where if I lost the $50, then okay, I lost $50 trying it. It didn't work. 
okay, I'm going to move on. But right. I went to my local dollar store along with my cell phone with the Amazon seller app, which Amazon provides for free. I went to the store, start scanning barcodes on different items at the dollar store, noticed what they were selling for online, and keep in mind, okay. I was at the dollar store, so it cost a dollar. Right. <laughs> but they were selling for more online, and I was able to make a few extra dollars after the sale. Wow. So I purchased a few things, sent them into Amazon. My first sale was $39. Mm, from the dollar store. From the dollar store. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. And I couldn't believe it. I was I I was looking at my at the app and I got like my notification of a sale. Like I'm at a point now I don't even get notifications of sales because I get too many. It's annoying right. at this point. But you know, that first initial email and that first initial notification of a sale, I thought it was lying to me. I went okay. onto the computer and I looked. I was like, "Did someone really buy this? Really?" <laughs> like, I went and I checked every part out and I followed the order from the order till it was sent to make sure it got to them because I can do all that on Amazon system. However, I don't do any of that anymore. I just right. can't believe it. Uh, an initial investment, if you think about it, it was only a dollar an item. That's what I paid for, a dollar an item. Right. I went straight to the dollar store and paid $1 for all the items that I purchased, sent them into Amazon, and my first sale was $39. That's mm. when I knew this was real. I said, okay. That, and then I <laughs> – Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. No, that's amazing because I think, I think people just aren't aware of other markets. Like people just don't – I think sometimes we grow up, we come in, you know, we go to school, we get our, we get our, our, our high school diploma, and maybe we, maybe we go to college, maybe we don't, maybe we go to trade school, whatever, but we, we only are kind of given one way to do things, and, and the only entrepreneurs that we really see are like the plumber, the electrician, you know what I mean? Okay. I, like before even finding out about ways to make money, I mean, the Internet I mean, what, we've been dealing with the Internet, what, 20, 30 years now? So yeah, long time. You know, I mean, if, if you can make a purchase off the Internet, there's no reason why you can't sell, you know. But I think we're just so closed off to the knowledge of these other markets that it, that's an amazing feat to be able to go to the dollar store, spend $50, and come back and make $39 off of things that you got at the dollar store. So... Um, my, uh, to kind of lead in, my next question is just without giving too much away of your process because you also do coaching and you can help people get started doing their own um, online uh, retailing, what would you say, you know, is like or what secret or what resource or what um, what can you share with the audience that contributed to your success? And like I said, don't give too much away. Well, I I tell everyone to not prejudge. I okay. I do not judge 
any product. Okay. Something just because it's something that's not my cup of tea does not mm-hmm. mean that it's not somebody else's. Um, right. And I, when I talk to coaching clients and we talk about going to the store um, and I tell them, you know, take a little time out, but at least an hour or two to go to the store and just start scanning. And right. when I, and I'll ask, where did, you know, where did you go? What department did you go to? And they say, oh, I didn't scan in that department because it's not stuff that I like. Well, hmm. that does that doesn't mean that um, that it doesn't that it won't sell just because right. you don't like it. Uh, I can tell you from my personal experience, I make great money off of pet supplies. I don't own really? a cat or a dog. Yes, <laughs> I don't okay. own a cat or a dog. And as you, since you know me personally, I am not an animal person. No, you're not. <laughs> I am not an animal person, but I'll be happy to sell you pet supplies. And <laughs> pet supplies is what that that's actually a, a a department that it doesn't matter what time of the year all their stuff sells. Right. Everyone has everyone has pets. They are going to need items for their pets. Of course, there are stores that are catered to pets to pet owners, mm-hmm. and there's sections and different stores that are catered. But the one thing that I've learned is that not everyone has a Walmart near them. Not okay. everyone. Even even if they do have a Walmart near them, it may not still have what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So the Internet allows a person to get, actually purchase what they want and have it placed at their doorstep. Right. And I find success going to regional stores. And okay. what I mean by that is not the big box stores as like the Walmarts, the Targets, those stores. Now, I'm not to say that you can't make money off of, off of those types of stores. You can. Right. <laughs> but I uh, find uh, going to a regional store, a store that may not have the same nationwide focus as the big box stores, as we like to call them, mm-hmm. is where I, where I find the best stuff. Um, <laughs> I, and if you could just go in there, don't prejudge anything and just start looking at items and scanning them and seeing how much they are selling for online. That lets you know if it's a good buy or not. Okay. So I, I, now I'm curious, like in your, I know you mentioned that you do coaching. In your experience with some of the people that you talk to, and maybe even people that you know that already are doing this and, you know, you bounce ideas off of one another. Do you find, what, I mean, I don't even know if you all discussed this, but what do you find the biggest barriers people have to doing something like this? Like what's their excuses or what, you know, what, what do you hear feedback-wise from people about why they don't or why they might not be interested or why, you know, why they don't think, do something that seems very simple? I think the fear of the unknown is mm-hmm. one of those things that if you if you're a person who is willing to walk outside any way that you feel that you choose to walk outside that day and you're mm-hmm. concerned about and you're not concerned rather about what another person thinks then you'll probably mm-hmm. be able to walk into a store and start scanning and act like you're shopping that day because you are 
some okay. people are taken aback by the walking through the store and actually scanning an item. Really? And, yeah. I, and that's, I think, that's surprising. <laughs> well, it surprised me, too, because I don't have that, uh, that fear. Mm-hmm. And so, however, I will say the first couple times I did it, I knew, I knew that it looked different or odd. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I join it all the time. I don't, I've completely phased everything out when I am on the go sourcing. I phase right. everything out. And I, I go from the from the floor to above my head when I am sourcing. And mm-hmm. next thing I know, my cart is full, and I'm going, oh wow, wait a minute, how much money am I spending? <laughs> okay, I have to stop now, you know, because I make it a point. Um, I make it a point to go to stores that I would not normally shop in. Okay. Um, I that's how I found some of the regional stores. And when I say something that I would not normally shop in, it doesn't mean that I won't source from a place that I would normally shop in. But I like to see what else is out there. So right. I make it a point when I have my day for sourcing, I say to myself, how many stores do you want to go to that you've never stepped foot in before? Maybe one okay. or two. And I find... <laughs> so many things that I'm like, I don't know what this is or why a person would buy this, but hey, it's selling triple online. I'm getting 10. Right. <laughs> right. And then I walk out the store, send the items to Amazon, and next thing you know, there's more money being uh, processed into my bank account. Yeah. All because I decided to go to a store I would not normally have gone to. So people kind of have to be open to the feel of going in, scanning stuff, because you, you're basically using your your smartphone. Correct. Yeah, so, and that's very simple. I mean, but that should be inconspicuous, too, because everybody's got their phone in their hands nowadays. So. Exactly. And I've noticed as well, there's also, like, different shopping apps now that will have mm-hmm. you scan things in other stores. Um, or, while, you know, while you're in a store shopping, and it mm-hmm. will give you points. So no no one's the wiser of what's happening. Um, right. I think I've only been approached, like, one time of asking me what I was doing. And okay. when the person asked me, I said, oh, I'm just looking to see how much it costs online. I'm like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I know. Thank you. <laughs> you know, um, there's. I have um, been in a couple of different places where I've seen other people that do what I do, and mm-hmm. it's a nice little community because they'll even say, "Yeah, I went over to that to that rack over there. I found a couple of things. You might like it, but it wasn't in my price point." Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I will do that yeah. myself. You know, yeah. I. Um, everyone has their their limits on what on how much they're looking for to buy. Okay. I when I first started, I was just looking to make a dollar off of it. Right. Uh, now that's not the case. So <laughs> I leave a lot of things on the shelf uh, just because I look at my time as very precious. Right. So, and I think about. 
after taking the time to go find the item, drive it back home, prep it and send it into Amazon, I want to be paid more than a dollar for that. So I have a certain price point that I like to purchase at. And if it's close, I may purchase. But if it's not so close, I may just leave it on the shelf. And that's my prerogative if I choose to do that. So if a person's coming after me, they'll get some of it. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Good. So I, I've known you for a while, and I know that and this is not your first foray into being an entrepreneur. And some of the other things that you've done in your life, I mean, share a couple of, of other things because, you know, I, I mean, I have always looked at you as somebody who's been able to come up with some really good ideas and be <laughs> able to implement them. And I think that they would be, for the audience, they would be things that they might consider trying to, especially if they want to be more in control of their time and their money and, you know, where all that comes from. Oh, well, thank you. I I kind of <laughs> don't think of it like that, but it's, when you hear it, it's like, wow. I look at, at uh, how, I, uh, how I run my life and how I do my business as I'm working – I don't even look really at what I do as working. I'm just taking care of my family. That's what I'm doing. Um, Before I got into this, I did have a commercial cleaning business. Mm -hmm. Um, I purchased a franchise, and I purchased actually the cheapest franchise, which was literally $500. (laughs) And I uh, had a cleaning business. As well as Actually, before I actually bought the commercial franchise, I wanted to make sure that it was something that I did want to do. Um, I'm probably not, I wouldn't call myself the cleanest person in the world. However, you know, I'm tidy. And I understand how to to clean things. So um, I actually put free ads on Craigslist um, offering to clean to uh, clean rooms and clean houses very cheaply. Um, also found a few other websites where you could post uh, your services. And that's how I got started in the commercial cleaning business. Uh, just and, then, and those are things that are all free, by the way. Right. <laughs> I, didn't pay, I didn't pay for any advertisement. I didn't do anything like that. I utilized the free spaces online to advertise my services. Right. And so, and I think because I've also have some foray into sales, I've uh, I've gone to real estate school, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. Also worked in the insurance industry as well. Um, anything, I have no problem in those um, industries, but sometimes you have to work hard to get a person to come to you, and then mm-hmm. you expose them to what you have to offer. This is a this, uh, as far as the commercial cleaning, as well as especially with the Amazon, I don't really have to work too hard for a person to come to me and get what I'm offering. And right. that's, the, that's the lore because I really, uh, I don't really have the time, to be quite honest, to work on that. Right. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> that's the, to be quite honest, I, 
you know, in those other industries, sometimes you have to work on your marketing. You have to yeah. uh, you have to work uh, getting lead sheets, making a lot of phone calls, you know, a lot of house visits, you know, and sometimes that could be like a two man operation, you know, because mm-hmm. you might need a person to make the phone calls and the appointments for you, and then you go to the appointments and try and um, finish the sale with your prospective client, you know, and that could take a long time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that takes a long time. (laughs) uh, Definitely. And it's, and it's, it's funny because I mean, I'm in that situation because I'm doing real estate now, but then I also have my online business and right now my online business pays for my real estate. (laughs) I'd like it to be the other way around at some point, but you're right. You don't have to chase after that customer. As I mean, they come to you. There, there is. It's funny because it's like there is a person for anything out in this world. There is a person who wants to buy it. And I, I think the internet, eBay, Amazon, these different formats give you access. And particularly, Amazon has made it real simple for the average person to pretty much set up a a full fledged business, you know what I mean, without, I mean, without having to rent space and do advertising and do all that kind of stuff, you can pretty much, you know, I mean, you're like a, a little operation there at your house. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, no one could know that you're, you're doing <laughs> that kind of business, where you know, outside of your house, so it's, or inside of your house, I should say. So it's, I like it. I mean, and it's, I want to share this with other people as far as people that have kids with special needs or people who are taking care of their elderly parents or sick people, anything, because you're so tied to the other person's schedule. And you're the, the thing is, is that as caregivers, and, and you know this too from your past experience, you're, that per, you're, only, you're the only one who's there for that person. Mm-hmm. The buck stops with you. <laughs> So if you can't make the appointment or you can't, um, you know, be available for this meeting or that meeting, nobody else is showing up. <laughs> and whatever whatever happens, happens. So it is very important to be able to you, make money on your own terms and in your own time because otherwise everybody else is making decisions for your loved one Everybody and people are making decisions for you, just like you said when you started having to ask if I can have some time off, <laughs> having to ask, I have, a, I have a phone meeting. Can I have my phone meeting at my desk, please? <laughs> like, you know, my child's having an emotional outburst. I need to talk <laughs> to them. Uh, yeah. I probably need to go pick them up. You know, the first yeah. time, okay, but when it's a, a habitual thing, because if you have a special needs child, that's what happens. They have mm-hmm. good days and they have bad days, just like yeah. adults. We have good yeah. days and we have bad days. You know, right. some adults have more bad days, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, that you talk about, you know, some, you're the only person. You know, as you personally know, my mm-hmm. son's, my oldest son's father is passed away. He passed mm-hmm. away when my son was 11 years old. Um, I didn't have, I didn't really have any uh how can I say? Right. Well, that's normally unexpected. 
So right. it wasn't something that we expected was going to happen. Um, right. So we weren't prepared. And yeah. when I say we weren't prepared, I mean we really weren't prepared. Um, yeah. And my, one of the things that my son's father used to say to me all the time was, why don't you run a business? And he kept saying to me, you're making all these people money. You're not making it for yourself. You're smart enough to do it. And I was always afraid to go step out on my own mm-hmm. until I had to. And that's basically, that was one of the triggers that had to happen for me to step out onto my own because it was all on me at that point. Right. I couldn't look look around and say, who's going to help me? Who's going to be my support system? I, mm-hmm. It was all on me. It was all on me to make sure that my son got all the services that he needed, that he was fed, that he was properly looked after. It was all on me. Yeah. And when that snapped in my head, okay, it's just me. I got to do what I have to do in order to yeah. be around for my son, take care for my son, but not just that also makes sure that there are things preserved for when I'm not here anymore. Right. And that's another thing that um, I would, of course, say talk to your tax advisor. But once you own your own business, the government has rules in place that say you're allowed to put more money um, to the side for retirement than a person that's working a regular nine-to-five job. Right. Because they understand that you're working for this money and you're not getting paid um, traditionally um, for like like a regular nine-to-five job. You're the owner of the business. So you're allowed to put more money away for your retirement. And that's essentially what I'm doing right now with the bulk of the earnings or things that I put, that I put to the side for the business is I'm using that to make sure that as I get older or when I'm gone, my kids have a nest egg. Right. And that gives me peace of mind. So if I can do that with by only working 10 to 15 hours a week, then so be it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I also kind of want to address a little bit, too, that, you know, working – Smarter and not harder is not a bad thing, because <laughs> I think in our in our world, people, you know, in, a, in the society culture that we live in, you know, people pride themselves on working like sixty hours a week, or and you know that's that's all well and good if you can do that if you don't have anybody that you have to go home to at the end of the day, and you know it's just you and whatever. But honestly, to me, I think it's a bad use of time. Because, I mean, unless you're making some really money. I mean, like I said, for each his own, but it's not a bad thing to figure a way out so that you can do the things that you love in your life, you can spend time with the people who mean the most to you, and then you can also make money. And if that's like 15, 20 hours a week, so be it. (laughs) And that used to be me. That was completely me because I was afraid to step out on my own because I always said, well, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. Well, if I fail, then there's no, I have no nest egg. I have no, I, I don't have a, and so now it's 
I'm not going to fail. And if something does happen, I've already planned for it. Right. So, uh, like, for instance, Jan, for um, Internet retailers as ourselves, January mm-hmm. February sometimes are not great with sales. Right. For, for the reason that most of the people spent all their money in December. You yeah. know? <laughs> However, uh, I planned for that. Yeah. I planned that the sales weren't going to be five and six hundred dollars a day like they were just a month ago. I right. planned for that. And so it's not hitting me that hard right. at all. In fact, I'm I'm still looking at the same type of sales numbers as I was looking at close to last month. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Because I did a little bit of research in my business and said, hmm, what do people buy in January and February? Oh, people make New Year's resolutions. Let mm-hmm. me find products that coincide with New Year's resolutions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, that's, that's, and that's what I did. So I'm going very strong this gen- January. Um, <laughs> and I don't fall into trap of the hot item as well. Like this okay. Christmas was the Hatchimal craze. Now, right. I already knew the Hatchimals were going to be a hot seller. I I do a lot of I, – I spend research on knowing my craft as well as knowing about toys, which toys are my number one seller, by the way, mm-hmm. in my Amazon store. Um, I do not discriminate against toys. I probably – if it even if it doesn't scan, I buy it. I'll make a listing myself. Toys, toys always sell. Okay. <laughs> Just a side note: toys always sell. <laughs> um, I saw that it was going to be a hot item, and was reading some of the trade magazines and trade articles um, that talked about it. But it also talked about how the company wasn't ready for the demand. Oh, that, that scares me. So yeah. I said, hmm, isn't that something? Maybe I should stay away from that. And now yeah. look at what's happening. People got those got those uh, items for Christmas, and right after Christmas, all we saw or heard of were people that weren't happy with what they received. Oh, so the quality of the of the item took a because uh, they had to produce more because they weren't ready. So it, exactly. it was a bad item. I mean, it turned exactly. out to be okay. I I understand. Wow. So, so for all those retailers that sold them and were selling them for three and four hundred dollars, yes, they were. <laughs> I right. didn't, I didn't jump in on that action, and it was looking good. It was. Mm-hmm. It was completely looking good. Going, wow, they're making great money, and then now we're hearing the horror stories of that product. I'm mm. I'm fine. I'm completely right. happy. I did not spend one dime on any one of them. So are, are people seeing a high rate of return? Are like, is it yes. coming back to the store? Oh, wow. There, yes, there is a high rate of return, not just on those items, but that's, yeah. it's also, it's, I mean, it's the cost of doing business. Right. When, when you're in January, the one thing about Amazon that I can say from a customer's uh, standpoint they are very customer friendly. Mm-hmm. So they do allow, uh, a, they have a very liberal re- uh, return policy, and that's how right. I say it. <laughs> um, 
especially if you purchase the item during the holiday season. Uh, eBay, probably not as much. Um, right. Because you know, e- on eBay, I and I am an eBay seller as well. Um, I do sell on, on a couple other um, websites, other platforms as well. Um, but I actually have a different structure for my eBay business. My eBay business is liquidation items, which is a whole other part of reselling <laughs> that right. I do as well. Um, however, all of that that I'm talking about all started with the $50 at the dollar store. <laughs> wow. Everything, cause it, because it made, made me evolve with what yeah. I was doing that I had to say, okay, there's other avenues and other uh, ways to parlay what I'm doing that can make me as, can make me money as well. And that's where, that's how my business is evolving. That's how I evolved to training people and doing, doing coaching services because I would make a comment or two to someone normally on like a Facebook group and give a suggestion of what I would do. And the next thing I get asked is, do you have a coaching service? Because I really like what you had to say. Oh, I guess I, I have a coaching service now. I evolved <laughs> to another right. uh, segment of my business. And right. that's, that's one of the things that I like as well is if you're a person like myself, you might get a little bored with some of the monotony that goes with, you know, sitting behind a desk a lot. Um, I do many different things all day. I, and I pride that I get more done in probably six hours than probably some people do all week at work because I'm working for myself. So right. I have a different ambition than going to work for somebody else. So what's the future for your business, what 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 are you going to be working on? I mean, now that you're 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 getting some good sales in and you're building a nice big business structure and coaching, um, you know this you could turn this into something that could very well you turn your work at home into being its own business, and then you're you know back in the office again, <laughs> but it's yours. <laughs> But I mean, is that well, on the horizon, or is yes, that even okay? Yeah. One of the one of I have a, what I call like my five year plan. Mm-hmm. However, it's probably not going to be five years. It's, I'm hoping that it's going to be three. Um, okay, is to open up my own um, store that sells liquidation items. Okay. I can see how quickly. Um, and and some, just so that people understand, as far as like testing the waters, if you see a Marshall or a TJ Maxx or even sometimes like Burlington Coat Factory or closer to where you're located, like Foreman Mills, those mm-hmm. are places that are selling liquidation items. They're okay. items that the store doesn't need anymore. So instead of just throwing those items in the trash, the store is not going to do that. They're going to sell them off for pennies on the dollar, and you do with it whatever you want to do with it. That's how those other stores operate. Um, Some are at a higher scale and some are at a lower scale as far as the quality. But that is what's on the horizon uh, with 
with the business that I started here. I also have started with some of my coaching clients. Um, I understand that not everybody has the same amount of time that I do to source. Right. And you can go online and buy items, take the time out to do some research, or you can take the value of the fact that I've already done that and I will supply you with items that you can sell on eBay or on Amazon. Okay. And I do that as well. And I have very small minimum buys, which is another, another uh, thing that I realize as well. A person may not have a couple thousand dollars to get started in this. I, right. sell, I sell kits as low as $75 all the way up to $150. And they, they are uh, kits that basically have different items that you can sell and uh, on eBay or on Amazon. I like to discuss with people what they're looking for. If they're looking for only Amazon items, I make sure that they are Amazon pristine uh, items uh, because Amazon does have... Um, quality control. So okay. I, you, you can't just uh, get an item that faded, the box is all bunched in, and it looks like it's been through the war, and go put it on Amazon and sell it brand new. Amazon right. doesn't allow that. <laughs> you, can probably, you can do that on eBay. <laughs> right. Yes, you cannot <laughs> do that on Amazon. Amazon, uh, they have a reputation, and they do want you to uphold to it. <laughs> so, right. I, and I understand that. So I will put together um, a box full of items that should uh, be quick resale where you can get your money back at, quickly and then reinvest that back in your business. Now, I, my business model is that I'm not completely always looking for everyone to always come back to me. Not that I don't want to help anyone, but I understand my minimums are for the for the person that's starting out. Okay. So if, if a person is starting out and they uh, contact me and they want they want one of my kits, I'll be happy to take care of them. I normally would say about three kits, and you probably and I don't expect that you'll want any more because you're going to probably be at a higher purchasing level at that point. Right, and that's. That to me is great. Um, <laughs> I I find value in the, in that because I know that I provided those items for you that got you to that higher purchasing level. So, how if someone's listening and they want to get in contact with you for either coaching or um, or to buy some of your products? I mean, you've got a few different outlets people can reach. Why don't you share oh, sure. how people can get in contact with you? Sure. Uh, the best way to contact me is, is if you're going to use social media. Uh, my uh, company's name is Top Products for Less is the name of my business uh, that I sell everything under. Uh, I also have a social media page on Facebook for Top Products Coaching. And those pages will link you to my website where you can contact me there. 
Or you can send me an email, Tiffany, T-I-S-S-A-N-Y, at top product with an S as in Sam, for less.com. And they can reach me there and we can speak. Uh, if a person wants to give me a call, uh, I will let everyone know that I, because I am a, uh, I was going to say single mom, and that's not true. Because I that's only right. work. Not a <laughs> I'm not a single mom. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not anymore. Um, but because I really only work a couple a couple days a week, if I don't answer, just go ahead and leave me a voicemail, and I will get back to you. My phone number directly is area code 804-313-9856. And if you want to just leave me a message there of what you're looking for, if you want to talk more about Amazon, want to, want to know about some of the other ventures that I'm looking into, um, there is also another area that people um, uh, use as a revenue stream on Amazon, and that's also known as private label, which okay. I'm working on getting myself into right now. That's a very big thing right now. And okay. you may say, what's private label? Private label is ordering your own brand or your own line of products. So let's say uh, there was there's a little Amazon joke called uh, private labeling garlic presses because there was a time when everyone had their own garlic press because they were so, so cheap to make. Yeah, so, <laughs> so let's just say I decided I'm going to make my own garlic press. I would contact a manufacturer over in another country, and they would make them for me, slap my sticker on there for my brand name, and I'm going to sell it directly on Amazon. People make up money doing that. It's mm -hmm. not something that I would never speak against because however a person makes their money and it's legal, however, I personally am not going the China, the China route. I am going the American route right? <laughs> and where I am getting my products produced in the United States. So, But I'd be happy to talk to anybody about that as well. Um, I am also in a few other, a few groups on Facebook, just as simply as typing in Amazon FBA or Amazon private label, you'll probably get thousands of Facebook groups. <laughs> um, right. If a person is looking for some sourcing tips or looking for high-volume sourcing, I will promote a group that I've been in for a while that I've, I feel is probably the best Facebook group I've ever been in. And concerning my business, and it's called Product Sourcing 101. Mm -hmm. And that particular group is more about education as well as uh, providing suppliers. And even if you don't have the thousands of dollars uh, to buy items, you don't need it. <laughs> you really don't. Right. You, um, I've actually found suppliers where they are, I think they'll advertise things as cheaply as I have, $75 to $150. Um, I've purchased uh, things all the way up to a couple thousand dollars, but that's not necessarily what you have to do. Right. Uh, if it's 
you know, I'm at, I'm at a level today where I can pay that. But two years ago, that wasn't the case. <laughs> and well, everyone has to start out the way that works best for them. I, I have a question kind of about the future of the industry because sometimes we talk about this. And, you know, there's some things that come in, especially that target people who want to, like, you know, multi-level marketing and, um, you know, the prepaid legal and all these different things. And you'll get an onslaught of people who are doing these things all of a sudden. They're calling you up because they want you to come sit at their meeting or sell their Avon or do, you know what I mean? You, you get an onslaught of these things that are that almost kind of prey on, I would say, people who are really looking for a way to expand their finances without having to put that much of an investment. What do you see the future of this kind of sales strategy, Amazon, eBay, um, reselling, private labeling? Like, where do you see it? Do you think it's something that's sustainable, that if someone decided that they wanted to go this route, that in five or ten years they can probably still depend on an income? Or do you see it as something that, you know, in a couple of years things are going to change where small players that get into it are going to be pushed out? What do you, what do you see the future of this type of selling is, in your opinion? My opinion, the sky is the limit. Okay. As long as the internet is still available, I, as long <laughs> as the internet is still available, you will always have a space. Okay. Um, there are so, I mean, Amazon right now is, is probably the number one e-commerce website there is. Right. They are not the only one. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, the next booming website uh, for uh, third-party sellers like myself is Walmart. Wow. Walmart is getting into the game of being just like Amazon, where they are going to start offering just about any product on their website, and it's going to really be furnished to their end user from a third-party seller. Okay. Um, it's going to be seamless. You're not even going to know that you're buying it from yeah. a third-party seller. Okay. Exactly. And they they right now are as I am correct, they are really, really trying to follow the same model because they are looking I just got an email not too long ago that um they are looking to have their own fulfillment centers as well. Mm -hmm. so the same way as Amazon has done. Primarily gets a, a lot of its products from China. Are they trying to like change that or you know, well, I mean, you can still go to Walmart and get items that you would normally get at their store. Okay. But I do think they're also looking at different sourcing venues of understanding that third-party sellers like myself and other people that are on uh, Amazon um, provide value to them because they don't have to necessarily house that product anymore. Right. The they can they uh, they're going to make their money off of the top, and that brings more traffic to their website because mm -hmm. they have the product that's available. Like for instance, they had Hatchimals during the Christmas season, 
uh, it got to the point where they ran out, of course, uh, but it was most of those Hatchimals came from third-party sellers towards, towards the end of the Christmas season. They didn't have any more. Right. <laughs> they were sold out. <laughs> uh, so they see the value in what's right. happening with Amazon. Um, and you can tell uh, that they are also modeling that as well. I'm, I am a, an approved seller through Walmart. I do not do it as much, obviously, as Amazon. They, because uh, Walmart uh, wants to differentiate between okay. them and Amazon. However, they're trying to follow the same the same model. Okay. <laughs> well, I thank you for coming on and letting me interview you and sharing your information because I really think it's one of those key things for families, particularly families that have kids with special needs individuals that they care for, what have you, is to be able to have some sort of different way to do things because we have different lots, you know, <laughs> so we have different ways right. to do things because society is not really set up yet for, you know, people with special needs, unfortunately. And then also to the financial aspect, anybody can benefit from that, whether you have a child with a special need or not, because... We all need to know how to uh, bring in a dollar when necessary. Because even even if you're working a good job, it's not promised that you won't get laid off, you won't, um, you know, get injured, you won't uh, have a situation where all of a sudden that secure source of income is no longer there. You got to know how to make something or bring something in or sell something. You got to know how to do something else. And I think that this information is valuable to just both those two two parties. So I thank you for sharing it because I think it will help somebody a lot. I mean, people that listen to the show, that download after we go off, I think it will help them if they really well, want to change their life. <laughs> well, problem. you know, just a, just a little bit that can help your family. You know, mm-hmm. I've spoken to many people um, who were doing way better than me in sales that it's completely changed their whole lifestyle. Wow. Um, be, because because of the small amount of time that you can put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but provided that the time that you put into it, that you actually really do the work, you can see great rewards. And right. that's that's a very, uh, very good feeling <laughs> to um, to be able to say I can. I don't have to worry about uh, how much this costs, that costs, this costs, because I have money coming in, and I can right. take care of my family. You know, it's nice to walk through the supermarket and not have to always put coupons. Yeah, you can just go walk in, <laughs> walk in, and get what you need, and come back out. You know, and right. it's one of the things that we take for granted. You know, if you're if you're a person who who maybe doesn't have the gumption to do those type of things for yourself, they may not may not get the value. But mm-hmm. when you're able to say, uh, like the other day, we got a bill in the mail, like normal, it was a cable bill or something of that nature, and I was able to say to my husband, you know what, I think the business can pay for this bill business utilizes the service, I'll go ahead and pay the bill. Like it's, you know, 
And what that just, and that, you know, put a light bulb in my husband, like, whoa, my paycheck, I don't have to worry about paying that bill now. Right. You know? And he's now thinking, okay, well, with the money that I just saved by not having to pay that bill out of my personal paycheck, what can we do with that money? You know, we have, we can either invest it into the business or we can now save it for our retirement because, you know, who wants to be 60, 70 years old and having to go work somewhere because we didn't save for ourselves in our 40s? Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of people's realities, unfortunately. And it's, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. But, yeah, I mean, there, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do something different, change things. My computer just kicked me off of the um, – the <laughs> it kicked me off of the um, – the uh, chat room, but I think it's still recording, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to um, end the show, and I uh, thank you. Maybe we could do this again, um, see how um, how received it is, because I never really know, I mean, if somebody's listening, and then I'll find out it's been downloaded more, more times than, you know, actual listeners. So, you know, if, we, if you want to come on again and we could um, maybe we'll get some feedback. That would be good. And, that would um, be great. So thank you, Tiffany Tracy, for coming on and sharing your your empire with us, uh, <laughs> as you ought to know. <laughs> and I will, I will, with that, end the show. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you again. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.